morning. Welcome to another episode on the Duan Marrero podcast. I am your host, Duan Marrero. Joining me this morning is a head men's basketball coach at Trinity Christian College, the one and only Jason Hawkins. Good morning. Good morning. I'm super excited to be here today. Hey, it's Let's a, go. It's, it's a pleasure, man. Uh, first and foremost, I want to give you all the flowers and, and the <laughs> gratitude because, uh, one, for those that don't know, uh, you was with the Drew, Drew's regime when you was at Valpo yep. and, and you guys offered me um, in eighth grade, eighth grade back then. And it went over my head. And I want to thank you for having that confidence in me at, a, at an early age. And you also helped me get familiar with the NCAA Eligibility Center, um, the late great Marvin Ray. Yeah. Rest in peace. That's he had you come story. in and, and talk yeah. to that team that won state early on. Yeah. Um, he was ahead of his time, but I want to say thank you uh, first and foremost. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. You were a great talent back then, man. <laughs> I, <laughs> I appreciate could, it. Hoop. <laughs> a lot of people know me we as wish, the film guy. We would, no. we wish we would have got you at Valpo. I, you know, I, I have those regrets of course, but you, you live and learn and, and I've learned a lot from Oliver Purnell. But as I, as I reflect, I'm like, man, I, I, I should have went to Valpo. Right. Um, then this was before film, you know, right. it was word of mouth and, right. Valpo, I believe, went made a deep run. I don't know if that was the Sweet 16, was it? Or in, in '98 we made a deep run. But then, like, geez, in the early 2000s, man, we were always in the tournament. Right. Always in, the, always in the tournament. And then uh, when when Bryce took over, he took he took him to the NIT championship. He he did, and I mean, you're a Valpo alum. Yeah. You played collegiately there. Yeah. Um, talk about your playing days briefly, and and just. You know, recap that when you. I think one of the things looking back now and then as a coach, like people talk about this word culture all the time. Right. Like the culture of that. I mean, when I was in college, gosh, we won our conference every year at Valpo. Like we just thought that's what that's what you're supposed to do. Like that's just what you're supposed to do from freshman year to senior year. We won the conference. Uh, went to a couple NCAA tournaments, NIT one year, and the, one of the things I can say, like Homer Drew. And then Scott Drew was my head coach my senior year. Like, just the culture of that program. Like, guys, just, we just enjoyed playing, and we just expected to win, and we just did the right thing because that's just what we were supposed to do. Right. And then the championships, the banners are in the, in, in the gym. You you know, what what do you think it would take to, to bring that culture back, though, at, at Valpo? You know, you you always going to have opinions. You People always think they are a coach, right, outside looking in. But, but what do you think would take to bring that culture back to, to Valpo? I, I mean – all it takes, and like, and they're they're setting it up for success right now. Uh, Coach Lott is doing a good job over there. I mean, they're having a couple bumps in the road right now, but it's it's just, it's 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 difficult now in the Missouri Valley. That's a tough league. Yeah, I was just talking <laughs> it, about Belmont no joining, right? You got a team like Belmont that's, joining. Up. That's a tough league, so it's just it just takes time, you know, to, to bring that back. And I think that's just one of the biggest things, like playing going from like the summit league or was the midcon back in the day when i was there to turn to summit and then to the horizon league right then now and the missouri valley that's just that's no joke so i mean that it takes a little time to be able to compete at a higher level i i agree and you know i always have the utmost respect and you've been in coach in the coaching business for over 15 years now right can you talk about some of your stops and, and just give an introduction for those yeah, that's so, first time hearing about you? So my, my, my story, like I got into college coaching never thinking I would get in college coaching. I was at Valparaiso for uh, – graduated in 03. My plan was to go to law school. Like that was my plan. I'm going to be a lawyer. But anyway, Homer Drew was my coach the, my first three years. Scott Drew, who's the head coach at Baylor University right now, was my head coach my senior year. Scott took a job at Baylor, and be, 
And then Homer came out of retirement, and then Coach Homer Drew asked me to be a GA. Uh, and it's like law school would be, or be a GA. And uh, I'm glad I made the choice to, to coach, coach hoops. And so that's how I started. And right, I was a GA for a year. Uh, and then, um, so thanks to Scott Drew for taking that, getting that Baylor job because I wouldn't be coaching right now. Man, he's having a lot of success. <laughs> he's at, having uh, a lot of, lot of success, national championships, and man, I'm super excited for him. And then I, I coached at Cal, Calumet College. Uh, that was a great experience. I went back to Valpo, and then I mean, I've coached everywhere. I feel like, and I coached at IU Northwest. Been a high school coach at Marquette Catholic in the region. And I was a D- Division three assistant at Elmhurst for a, a period of time, and now at Trinity Christian College. Uh, super, learning a lot all around along the way. I mean, you was a journeyman, right? right? They called me a journeyman when I was playing basketball, you know, been everywhere. But right. what's been some of your memorable moments, though, as a, as a coach in, in the game of basketball? Is to see the growth of your players. Like, you know, I, I, no matter where I'm at, if it's the growth of your players, like, I'll give you a quick example. I remember I had a player, his name, at Calumet College, Evan Herring. He ended up being an All-American his senior year, but he, he was a guy that went from, you know, playing just a little bit to an all-conference guy to, like, an all-American, just seeing his growth. And and, this, and I think that's what it's about as a coach, just seeing the growth of, right. your, of your guys, seeing them get better, you know. And, and that's what it's all about as a coach. And, like, I as a, I coached because I had some great coaches, Homer Drew. I got to give a shout-out to my junior high coach, Coach Ulrich, you know. And I say that because all those coaches before me, they were all about growth and helping me grow. And, and my job as a coach is to do the same for the young men I coach, help them grow. We're in the, the, the digital era of film, right? You see all these highlights and, and, you know, 30, 45 seconds, that's what I get paid to, to put out content. Yeah. But from a coach who's been in the business, what do you think of highlights? You know, does that necessarily mean you're going to go recruit that player or break that down for me as a coach when you see highlights? I mean, I'm 41 years old right now, and I could put a good highlight together <laughs> of myself. So we got to really evaluate. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Like, highlights are good. I mean, you Anybody can put a good highlight together. So it's all about evaluating, getting out there, actually seeing a player. Like, a highlight could get you interested, though. You know, like, ooh, this guy can jump a little bit. Or right. this guy, ooh. I mean, and show, make, show me you making shots on a highlight. I mean, you go you go four for 20 in a game and show me the four that you made. Right. So we got to evaluate. It's all about evaluate. you got to get out there. you got to see the players. you got to highlights. They're good. They may get you interested, especially you see some special dunks or something. That's wow. That's you can't coach that. Right. You can't teach that. So, but at the same time, you have to evaluate. What's been some of your core principles that you echo to your players to be a successful basketball player, but not so much on the court, but off the floor as well? I, I think is a saying I tell my players. We have a sign over our lock, uh, our door when you exit. It says, "Be great at things that don't take talent." Right. Like be great at things that don't take talent. And that's not that's that great players are, are usually great at things that don't take talent. And those things are like on the basketball court, sprinting the floor. You know, it don't take it doesn't take talent to sprint the floor. Die for a loose ball. You know, be a positive teammate. Like right. just be positive. Like be give bring that positive energy. That's contagious. That's con- yes, yeah. It takes no talent to do that. And we tell guys to rebound. It doesn't really take talent to rebound. You just got to want to go get it. Right. You know. Uh, and then one, another, I said die for a loose ball, sprint the floor. Uh, and then like. That positive energy is important, and and I I can't I can't say it enough how important you, positive you, energy is. You, you being as, positive, <laughs> you know, being a former player and now covering it on the media side, I, I see players talk to their parents during halftime, right? I see I see players looking at their their parents when they miss a free throw. I, I see players looking for 
um, consultants during a game. Yeah, um, yeah. What do you say to that, and, and what do you think but of it? I, I I think, like, parents parent let the coach coach. You know, like they, that that hurts the game. That hurts the game. Uh, when when parents just let the let the let's the coach do their job. Let the coach do the job, you know, and I think, you know, parents don't want people telling them how to do their job. Let them do their job because they get conf it's conflicting. You're teaching your, your kid, hey, uh, do I listen to this person or do I not? And that, that creates um, division amongst team because is somebody going to be 100% all in? Right. Because you're not going to be all in because you're like, oh, I got to listen to coach, but my, my dad says I need to shoot more. Coach says I need to take – I should only shoot catch and shoots and pull up jumpers. My, my dad says, hey, go take it to the rim, but maybe that's not part of your game. So I think that it causes. So parents, look, just yeah. parents, just let the coaches coach. You know, support your coaches. <laughs> but doesn't that devalues their stock too as a player? Where it's like, man, I, I don't feel like dealing with that parent. Yeah, no, I, it's it, a lot of college coaches will tell you this. Like, if if there's been parents that hey, you may hear that parent in the sideline in, in the stands, and then you got you got their son looking up in the stands, like right. talking to the dad, talking to mom. You know, like. I, Coaches don't want to deal it, with it that. Turn, it turns me off. That. I mean, I know my yeah. place as a videographer, right, um, and, and what my job description is, but I've also been blessed to play the game at a high level. And when I see kids going over to their dad, I'd be, I'd be wanting to tell their dad, like, man, it's don't not good that. for their stock, right? <laughs> I can do record that. this and, and send it to one of my guys who's, who's a coach. And just the landscape of basketball has changed, right? I'm going to yeah. take it a step further. Like, imagine if you was with, you know, um, Coach Drew and NIL was in effect. <laughs> And now you see players transferring because of NIL deals. Yeah. How have you seen that just, you know, take off and, and compare that back to your era, if you can? Yeah, like, the NIL, it's changed the game. And Matt Painter's been doing a hell of a job, you know, still yeah. being old school and sticking yeah. to his principles. And I've been seeing teams fumble because of NIL. And you could see there's no continuity in those locker rooms because of NIL. I, I think, like, like, as you mentioned, Coach Painter, you got, you got to stick to who you are. You know, stick to who you are. But NIL has changed the game because it's it's always been a business. Uh, but now, like, it, it's, it's open. Like, you know, guys are going to go where they – not. and I think this is what, where it changes for, for, for the bad. Like, for any – at any college level from Division three, NAI, Division two, Division one, my advice to any recruit, any high school player, go where it's the right fit. Go where it's the right fit. Now with NIL, somebody may go where it's the, the, the highest dollar amount and right. not where it's the right fit for them. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like, you want to go where it's the right fit, but NIL, oh, I'm, they're going to offer me this. They're going to offer me that. Is this really the right fit for you? Will you be the best version of yourself as a player? I, I don't know. And I think that's the most important thing. Go to the right fit. But the NIL, that changes it because you're not, you're not thinking like before, you know, you're just going where, hey, where am I going to go to school, where they're going to give me a scholarship, where I can play. Right. Like where are they gonna give me? Oh, where I can? And then I think the mindset before was where I can win. Now it's like, hey, where can I go to be a pro? Now, do your <laughs> players ask you um, about NIL when you recruit so, them, or do they even hint? So, so, so at the NAI level, we actually ha Trinity. We're the first NAI school in the Chicagoland area to have an NIL deal with a company called Open Doors. Uh, Open Doors. They connect. They connect uh, businesses with our with our with our athletes. So we're oh, the, nice. we're the, we're the, it's called Open Doors. We're the first in the area, uh, non-Division One school that has an NIL deal with a, a company that connects our athletes. So we actually bring it up, like, hey, yeah. we actually have NIL, like, because not a lot of smaller schools don't have that, but we right. actually do. How how did that happen? Were they just interested? Open Doors was just like, hey, you know, 
Coach Hawkins were interested, or it was just like, hey, we just want to be a part of the I, basketball community? Like one of the things, I actually, I was at a, a conference. Uh, I was at an athletic director's conference, and uh, and they, they, were, they were there, and I met with one of their representatives, and we talked, and then t- brought it back to my athletic director, and like, hey, this is, this is the future. Correct. This is the future. This is the future. If you like it or you don't like it, it's the future. It's going to change the game, just like the internet was the future. You know, if you right. liked it or you didn't like it back in ni- in the nineties, ah, it's, it was the future, and the, it's going to be around for a while. So, like, we we have this partnership now with Open Doors where we can connect our athletes with businesses so they can get the the NIL. I, I changes the game. It, it it does. I wish I was uh, in college again, right? <laughs> I, I'm making up for the NIL right? now, you know, as an adult, which which is great because I'm not too far removed. But I know that if I went when I now who I am going to DePaul as a freshman and then yeah. going to JUCO to uh, Moorhead State, I would have definitely had some NIL deals. Oh, uh, heck yeah. I, I've been con- I will be confident that some business would have invested in me. So I tip my hat off to those kids that's that's making a lot of dough and you know money. If you're going to play collegiate basketball, that money's short term, right. in my opinion, coach. Oh, for sure. The the longevity is like, hey man, like what's the ultimate goal once you get to college? Right. I believe trying to be a pro, get the education, yep. network. Right, all yep. all that money is short term, and I'm seeing a lot of players just transfer because my NIL package isn't that big, or yep. hey, this is how much my NIL is. So it, it's it's wild, and and the landscape of basketball is evolving. Um, what do you think with high school? Right, you, um, you see high school kids getting paid. Right, you have overtime elite, and they 15 year olds getting paid six figures more than <laughs> coaches. Right, what do you say about that? Or just Man. give me your opinion. On, on what you think about like it. I'm old, I'm old school. Like, it, it hurts the game. Like, it does. It, it hurts the game, you know. It, it hurts the game. Like, we don't – like, kids don't – I mean, I want everybody to make that bread, yeah. make money. And yeah. I, that, that, that's, that's okay. But at the same time, like, it hurts the game. When a kid's getting paid, when, you know. They're getting paid more than more, assistant more, coaches. More coaches and it, it's, it's it, hard. How do you coach How, how do you coach <laughs> it, it changes the game. You're, they're pros. It's, it, it's, it becomes, you're becoming pro. It, it takes away the amateurism out of it. Uh, and I, I think at the high school level, I mean, I wish I think, I think wish there was some kind of rule so to, to protect that at least. I mean, like, when you get NIL at the college level, like, and especially at the, the, at, when you're talking about your Power Five conferences, those athletes are bringing so much money to those schools. Like they're bringing so much money to those schools. So, I mean, they deserve something. I, I'll, I'll be real with that. I think they deserve something. You know, like guys like back when you talk about like the Fab Five back in the day, those guys bought so much money to Michigan and, and got in trouble. Like, really? I mean, they bought some millions of dollars. So they should get something. But what do you say to some people when they go like, well, hey, Dewan, like you guys are getting paid because you guys are getting a scholarship. But they really don't know the rigorous schedule from no, uh, see, student see, athlete. No, see, and I, I – I, <laughs> I, I, when people say, oh, well, they, they, shouldn't, they shouldn't get paid anything, they're getting $30,000, $40,000 tuition. I, I mean, yes. are you really in class all, no, it, all, but all, all basketball? I, just, I, I go back to what, what I just said. Like, the money that those athletes sometimes bring into the school. You Correct. Know? Like, we, just, we just watched you know, the national championship game for football. Those, those athletes at Georgia are bringing millions, millions of dollars. So, like, if those kids, oh, yeah, they're getting a $30,000 scholarship – but they're bringing in hundreds of millions. Like they deserve some. They they deserve that. Like I, it's it's, they deserve that. Stetson Stats, Ben yeah. is twenty five. I've been hearing people joke all of a sudden because of his age, and that hasn't been an issue until he won the championship. Right, right? now you're starting to see players stay longer because of the NIL. Right, yeah. you got a guy like like Stetson who um, was a walk on, you know, 
went to JUCO. Yeah. He won UGA, a uh, national championship, but also bringing in a lot of revenue, right? And I'm starting to see this thing where it's like, hey, man, he's, he's 25. But you're starting to see a lot of veteran teams win basketball games. It's happening everywhere. Everywhere. And, it, and it's not just NIL. It's, it's COVID. Correct. COVID made a difference, too. So now everybody got an extra year because of COVID. Like, usually a 23-year-old – well, I'll – I was smarter at 23 than I was at 18. No, right? no doubt. No doubt. So, like, guys that when you're, when you're older and more mature, you're going to be smarter and usually you're stronger too. So, I mean, and that's going to be a trend for a while. Like, older teams are going to win, like, at every level. Even in our, our conference in the CCAC, like, the older teams are, are the teams that are winning, the guys that have the fifth-year seniors, the guys that are senior heavy. You know, that, that happened. I think that's traditionally, especially at the Division three and AI level, the teams that have older players win now, but you're seeing it more at the at the higher levels at the Power Five conferences because now you got NIL, you have reasons to stay. Correct. You have reasons to stay. Oh, I don't need to leave. Yeah, early. you're getting eight hundred thousand in, in a car. In a car. So I, 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 if I get a pro, will I be pro? Don't matter. I'm already a pro basically. So it, it that, that's incentive to stay. I mean, I think more guys may get their degrees now. I, I want to um, have you touch on the subject. You had some coffee at Bosco Institute, right? Bosco yeah. is very new to the area. of Northwest Indiana, and, and a lot of people had their opinions of Bosco, but what was your take on Bosco? Obviously, you coached there, but yeah. you went on to be a head coach. You know, how influential is Bosco? Would you say is Bosco yeah, no, and I, has I, a major influence? Yeah, in Northwest I mean, when Indiana. you talked about my journey yeah. earlier in the show, I didn't even bring up Bosco. I just talked about my college stops, and Bosco was one of my, my most important stops. Um, I, I coached there for four years. Uh, and I'm just going to say this. This is, this is, this is not like a, a brag. It's just a reality, too. So, like, I was at Bosco for four years. I coached 42 players in, in four years. 39 out of the 42 players got college scholarships when I was there. 24, that's, that's 20, 24, to, 24 to 42 players went Division One. Now, I say that to say, like, I think maybe only, like, four of those guys initially had college scholarships going there. So I say that to say, like, it's been beneficial for a lot of kids, especially those th- 39. I mean, I think all 42 probably benefited, but, like, 39. And then, oh, and one of those players in the NBA. Right. <laughs> so one of them. They yeah, went to go see him. Yeah, so, so it's been beneficial. I mean, I know when I – like, I was there and still, like, Coach Nico's doing a good job now. Like, it's been beneficial for a lot of players. Now, uh, it, it, it's good. Like, it's helping guys get to, coll- to college. Yeah, they, they like, always say, well, well Bosco is, is – basically taken from our schools and you know they're you know davis is trying to get them at bosco where it's like at necessarily kids don't make the, si- the decision right yeah. it's it's the parents and you know i think bosco is a is a place where hey you have extra resources it's kind of like the digital state of the art where you're taking online classes because yeah. i see a lot more kids not going in person yeah in my like the the media space Half those kids that starting early don't go to school. Yeah. They're taking classes online, and their yeah. social experience is on yeah. the Internet. Um, and like I said, you was very successful there, and that was a stepping stone to get you where you are today. So that's why I wanted you to just touch on Bosco. And, and, and I, I think learned. even with Bosco, it just it gives another another avenue, another opportunity. Hey, another avenue, like another option. You're like, hey, you could choose this. Right. You, you can choose this. You don't have to go to Bosco. But, hey, and I, I, I know some, like, especially with the high school, some of the high school coaches in the area, they're taking players. And no, it just provides another avenue. Yeah, that's it. It's I mean, just, I, I still avenue. think the credit still goes back to the coach yeah. where their foundation was. Yeah. And, hey, this is what that culture does, which is Bosco, and develops the players. So, no, 
we appreciate you, you know, as me being part of that Bosco family. You know, yeah. I was ecstatic to have you talk about your stepping stone going there. Um, off the record, what's besides Trinity Christian, what's some of the other schools you follow as a fan of basketball? As a fan of basketball. So, like, it's funny, like, uh, the longer I'm in the, this, the, this game, I follow, like, my my friends and former players. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm, I'm a big I, – I, I watch Baylor a lot, obviously, right. you know, to see how they're doing. Uh one of my best friends is the head coach at Indiana Wesleyan, NAI, Greg Tonegal. And, like, they're – I mean, he's won, gosh, three of the last 12 national championships at NAI. So I follow them. I watch I watch Drake University because Roman Penn, he's a former player. Like, yeah. they just got Amazing a Amazing guard, Bishop Noah alum. Bishop Noah alum. Yeah. I'm a Bishop Noah alum, Jason too. Hawkins is a, is a Bishop Noah alum, guys. The Warriors. <laughs> and I'm, Bishop Noah, speaking of Bishop Noah, they're, 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 Coach John's doing a great job over there. They got, they're going to they're gonna pull it together. They got a, he's got a nice team. How hard them. is it, though? I saw them earlier this How year. How hard is it for, I, th- I think John is uh, my age, 29, 30, very yeah. young coach, probably one of the youngest head yeah. coaches. And what advice would you give a young coach who's in our community, right, and much with the, much more experienced coaches? What advice would you give them? One, the one thing, the, the first advice I would say is make sure, surround yourself with people you trust. Uh, and get if you have an assistant, if they're old, I don't want to say older, but just more, maybe more experienced. Right. Like put people around you like that 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 are more experienced that you trust. They're gonna tell it to you straight. And then trust your gut. Like you know, a lot of times you know, uh, if you're a young coach, uh, you know, just trust your gut. Cause like, oh, do I do this? Do I not do this? Trust your gut. Like you know, coaches, you're gonna get all the blame. You'll get all the credit. The coaches, we get we get more blame than we probably deserve, and we get more credit than we deserve. Right. You know. So I think just trust your gut, but put people around you that are that are experienced. And then and if you can't do that. Uh, find yourself a mentor coach, like somebody you can call and say, hey, coach, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Absolutely. You you always want to have those opinions. People who are coaches from the stands, right? You yeah. got to love that. And yeah. I'll be wanting, hey, you should be a coach next time or you should be the ref. Go ahead yeah. and put no, the my, white and black stripes on. My brother, <laughs> when I, I was a head coach at Calumet College at 23 years old, I, I had some great assistants. I didn't know nothing, I, you know. But I remember my brother told me this. It was like my third game as a head coach, and I – People are yelling in the stands, you know, why put this person in, put this person in, and, you know, I'm just doing my thing. And my brother said, and I told my brother, I was like, man, all these people, you know, thinking they're the coach. Right. And my brother told me some advice I'll never forget. So every young coach, remember this. He, my brother said, not everybody's a coach. You're the coach. Everybody's a critic. Everybody's a critic, but not everybody's a coach. You're the coach, so you do you. Right. You coach. Let them criticize, but you coach. And I'm like, you know what? So now that, that taught me, like, Everybody's going to have their opinion. Everybody's going to have their opinion. But you just got to coach and do what's best for your team. You said Indiana Wesleyan, uh, Baylor, Drake. What other schools you follow? Uh, Baylor, Drake. Uh, those are my top. I watch okay. Purdue, though, too. I love Purdue. I like you know. Coach Painter. I, he does a great job. So I just I love what they, I, they I do. I love that he puts his guys in position. Not, <laughs> not just yeah. the players, but the staff. Yeah. You know, he just mm-hmm. played against Coach Shrews, who's yep. an awesome guy. Um, but watching Painter kind of – be a disruptor, right? Yeah. Not necessarily diving in the transfer portal. Yeah, you don't see many headlines of players getting an NIL. That's not their main no. goal, but he still plays that Indiana basketball. basketball. Yeah, no, I, he does such. He does a great job. So I definitely watch, watch <coughs> Painter a lot and watch Purdue. Who's um, your favorite players on Purdue? Oh man, you know J- Jimmy Delo has season tickets too. By the oh, way, oh really? Yeah, Let's yeah, he's, he's a season ticket so, holder. Uh, one thing I, I got to because I'm, I'm from the region, right? You know, uh, like. Well, let's say this, because I don't want to say I have a favorite. 
because how they how their how their system is set up. Like I just like their system. You know, they get the big the big kid. Uh, what's the big kid? Zach Eady. Eady. Yeah, he's he's. Imagine if he's you ridiculous. had that though, real quick. Just imagine if you had a a a seven four seven five. You know, dominant ball player in the post that just causes so much disruption, and then you have shooters on the perimeter. Yeah, I mean it's. <laughs> It's a great recipe. It's a great recipe for success. But like it, they make it work, though. You know, what I mean, and that's what like Kanye does. He he puts he puts he sets his players up for success. Hey, this is what we have. All right, we got to put this, these guys around this person. We need to put these this person around these guys. I think I would I would love to have that. But no, as a, you have a guard, right? You have two freshmen as a backcourt in the Big Ten. You don't necessarily know how they're going to produce, <laughs> but they're shooters and they they have a lot of confidence. Great foundation, and then. You're 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 building around a, a, a seven four Zach Eady, who is only a junior, and now that Travion Williams is is gone, his minutes yeah. increase. And it's not just any center. This kid's playing thirty five minutes right. all game. He may not be there next year though. <laughs> right? Yeah, first, first rounder. First rounder. Yeah. First rounder. Um, National Player of the Year contender. And to see what they're doing, I I hope it's a reality check for a lot of players who think like. I got to go here where Purdue. I think you have a a lot a, a bigger room for error yes, there. And I think I think it goes back to the conversation we were talking about NIL mm-hmm. and how it changed the game. It's it, because it's about going to the right fit, not like where the most money is. It's about right fit. And I think when you when you go to Purdue, like you, it's it's a fit. Right. It's, it's a fit, and like they do a good job of getting guys that are a right fit. And when you have right fit, I think you have more success. Like, hey, uh, hey, you're a shooter, okay? You may not be able to do this and that, but you can be successful here. And I think a lot, I think, and that goes back to, I think, to parents too. Sometimes parents telling kids that they're better than what they are, or not even better, or telling them they're something that what they're not. Dad's much, and this, what I'm seeing, and I'm only 29, dads are much younger. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, like, they'll be 35 when I'm talking to a parent, their kid will be 18 or 15. Yeah. yeah. And they're still in the culture where they know modern day culture things and yeah. they're talking to their son like hey man you need to score 30. Yeah. Whereas like man your son's a guard. <laughs> right? Your son is a a really talented point guard. Right. Not a scorer. Yeah. And it hurts that player stock. Yeah. Um I know a lot of people going to ask, "Well coach, why don't you recruit the region, right? You you offer DJ Moss." Yeah. At at Gary 21st Century, yeah. they're having a tremendous year. Yeah. Talk about DJ Moss and what stood stood out for you to offer. No, he plays hard. If you look at him, man, he's a physical specimen. Like, I mean, he's a he's a he's a he's a man. Uh, but they have a that he, they're, they're, that's like he comes from a winning team, a winning right. program. That that matters. Like when you're used to winning, like you know, they've lost one in the semi state last year. Uh, I think they they, they 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 got a good chance to get down there again. Hopefully, make it this state, represent the region. Uh, he's athletic. He shoots it well, and he plays hard. He does. He plays hard, and that's what you, you need guys like that, that that play hard. Larry Upshaw's doing uh, a great job. Yeah. You know, he gets a lot of criticism, but if you look at his resume, some of the players that he has yeah. are still playing in college, yeah. right? You got He's winning games too. You, Eugene German is is abroad in China because I, I follow him closely. Um, you have Dre Ghostin, who was at Milwaukee, Milwaukee. now is at the SEC. He yep. comes from uh, 21st century, yep. and, and then you have Johnell Davis, who is at uh, FIU. FIU, I think, and he's. He gutted it out because first two years he wasn't playing as much and he just had a thirty ball, and he comes from that twenty first century culture. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Larry Upshaw is doing a great job. So shout out to to Larry Upshaw for doing an amazing job. And then you just hired uh, uh, Coach Dominique Nelson, Nelson from Maryville. Yeah, Maryville, yeah. Uh, talk about the passion that Coach Nelson Man. has for the game and how relentlessly uh, 
well, re- relentless he is to, to the game of basketball. Man, Coach Nelson, man. I, so one of my first experience with Coach Nelson, I was coaching at Bosco, but my full-time job, I was the athletic director at Lake Station High School. And it was a, he, was at, he was the head coach at Calumet High School, and it was a game. I think they just lost. They lost to Lake Station. And, like, he had his team in the locker room. And, and if you ever seen Coach Nelson coach on the sideline, he's animated. Right. He's, he's, he's got so much energy. But it was after the game, he kept his team in the locker room for, like, I don't know, because I'm ready to shut the building down, turn the lights off. And he, his team was in the locker room for, like, 30 minutes. And then, like, like after they came out of the locker room, like, he, like, hugged, like, every single dude, mm-hmm. like one of his players. Like, I was like, man, he actually cares about these guys. Right. He cares about these guys. That same year – like, they were struggling at the beginning of the year. That same year, they won a sectional. <laughs> and I so I saw, I remember, I was like, this guy's got passion, but he cares. And I think that's what it comes down to. Like, I think the, the, the great coaches, um, you got to know basketball a little bit. Uh, but I think most importantly, they care. Like, I mean, you played for a great high school coach and Coach Ray, and, like, he cared about you guys. How, how like, would like, you – That's um, what it's about. Before you – let's put – Put this mic up. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Um, okay. How's that better? Awesome. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Rob, for the tip. Yeah. There uh, we go. So, Ray was an outstanding, I would say, Hall of Fame coach. Yeah, definitely. Um, he was part of the one percenter of coaches around here. Um, they don't make him like Marvin Ray anymore. Yeah. And I say with that, with all respect, and can you just talk briefly about Coach Marvin Ray? Yeah. And, so, and the gentleman he was, and the coach like, he was. Like I, one thing I, I say about about Coach Marvin. Like, man, like, man, I knew Marvin for a while. Like, it, when you were in – when you were in seventh grade, that's I knew who you were before we offered you in eighth grade. Uh, but Coach Marvin, like, the one thing that, 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 I, that stood out the most about – and you can correct me if I'm wrong because you were on that, those teams. Like, man, he cared about all those guys. Like, it, they were like his kids. They were like his kids. And I think that's, that's what's special. Like, a lot of people get into this business for the wrong reason, I think. You know, to win – like, but it's not about that. It's about helping these young players grow and be better. And I think, like, I, I talk about the Homer Drews and the Scott Drews. Like, they care about their players. And I think Coach Marvin, he cared about his players. And a lot of people, they uh, when they, they watch basketball, they're like, hey, a coach needs to know these X's and O's or the, this. There's different ways to coach. And, like, when you, get, when you care about your players and they'll run through a brick wall for you, You'll win a lot of games. <laughs> and it wasn't just the basketball team yeah. that stood out to me. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know how much of a sacrifice he made sure like uh this guy named Cornelius Strickland who runs uh track and field got a scholarship to IU. Yeah, no, he cared about every day yeah, the kids at Bowman. And he made sure that obviously basketball was a priority and he'll let you know that, but he'll yeah. also say, I'll take care of you though. Yeah. You know, this is my team, but I'll make sure everybody eats in yeah. in, in the sports realm at, at Bowman um, I want to talk to you about your favorite sports teams right outside of your college teams go to professional teams who are some of those teams you follow so let's start with NBA if you follow NBA and so no I, you got to watch the NBA like I think some people get NBA gets a bad rap sometimes some people like oh they don't play defense they don't do this they, they don't play hard like literally, like you go out there and try to score a bucket, and tell me they don't play hard on defense. Like you know what I mean? Like right. the people that like you go out there and try to score. Like oh, they don't play hard. They don't play defense. No, they like. Uh, so my favorite NBA. So I grew up in a region. You know, I grew up in Gary. Went to Bishop Knoll. So I I, I grew up a Bulls fan. Um, they're tough to watch at times. Just you know, but I, I you know they got they got some pieces. They got to get healthy all the time. You know, I, I like Zach Levine. 
Uh, one of my friends coaches for the Hornets, so I, I keep up with the Hornets. A guy named Rex Walters, he coached with me at Valpo, and Rex was the head coach at Sanford, University of San Francisco, Florida Atlantic. So I, I keep up with the Hornets because wow. of him. Uh, and then, like, uh, but I, I follow the Bulls. But then my favorite team to watch, though, and, 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 and I'm not a bandwagon guy mm. when I say this. I love Golden State. I love how they play. They play share the ball. Steph Curry is fun to watch. He is. Uh, and, and it's 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 amazing. I think how they play as a team, like they share the ball. It doesn't matter who scores. They set good screens. It's a little thing, but they set good screens. And then like they, they get it done. Like they share the ball. They get it done defensively too. You know, you can knock them like, oh, they don't play that great defense, but they they get stops when they need to. You you know, it's uh, it's it's always you know Marvin used to say basketball is a game of runs. Yep. <laughs> and I I enjoy watching quality and and good basketball. And and you mentioned. You know Zach Levine. How hard is it? Do you think it's to coach a guy who makes thirty-seven million to give him constructive criticism? Because I see him and Billy Donovan. And he, Billy Donovan is a hell of a coach. Yeah, I used yeah. to watch him at Florida. Florida yeah, yeah. And and to see him coaching pros now, a lot of college coaches have a hard time transitioning to a league where it's a players first yeah. uh, type of environment. Yeah, yeah. How hard do you think it is to to connect with a guy who so, makes thirty-seven? So I al- I always say this like. Pro sports, NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, whatever it may be, it's like the one arena, or let's say business, it's the one business where the supervisor makes less than the guy below them, than the subordinate. Like, you know, usually the boss makes more money. So, But no, the guy telling you what to do makes less money than you. Right. Like, that usually doesn't happen. So I think it, it's tough at, 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 to be a pro coach, period. Uh, and I think college coaches, like, and like it's just at, at the college level, like I mean, it, you care about that your players, you know, you demand, you demand. You have much you demand, more leverage you have too. Leverage yeah. Too. <laughs> like if you don't play, you, you know, I have your playing time. Well, if I'm making thirty-six million dollars, you know, you know, I gotta play. You know, or like you're gonna tell because yeah. then, then the front office is gonna talk to you. About, right. Like why aren't you paying our our, our, our guy? So I think that's tough. Like I, I, I have yeah. no answer for that. I, it, it's I, tough. I I, I saw because <laughs> I went to the game New Year's Eve um, yeah. when they played Cleveland. Yeah. And Darius Garland was out, um, and I saw Zach Levine be very frustrated, right? Some yeah. of the shots he was taking was very yeah. um, questionable. Yeah. It was a lot of me. You yeah. know, I was waiting for that I and team in one day, yeah. which would never happen. It was always <laughs> say team. Right. And Billy Donovan looked at Zach Levine, and I, and I always just watched the – not so much on the floor, but off like off yeah, the yeah. floor, like the behind the scenes, because yep. um, I'm looking at the game differently. He wanted to – Billy Donovan wanted to tell Zach Levine something, and he couldn't. Right. So he just called a timeout, got his coaches in the huddle. And I was like, man, it must be nice, you know, yeah. to to make that much money. But the the level of accountability has to I'm, – I'm pretty sure it's behind closed doors, but it's such a business and it's such an entertaining sport yeah. where it's like it can't be shown and, and I think And I think that – and I, I, I think in a lot of the championship caliber teams, and I'm not knocking the Bulls right now, but I don't think they're a championship caliber NBA yeah. team. Uh, but, but, like, that, that communication is, is more open. You know, like right. where, like, you know, you look at the Warriors, Steve Kerr's going to tell Steph Curry, you know, hey, you, you need to take a good shot. But I think that also, like, is a lot about players like Steph Curry. And, like, I'm, I'm a big oh, he, I'm a big fan. He takes the coaching. He he's, takes he's, the coaching. He's the floor general. <laughs> yeah. I listen to Clay Thompson's, po- like, when he's a guest on people's podcast so I can yeah. get a better feel. Yeah. Right? You know who Draymond Green is, right? Yeah. So he has his own podcast. Yeah. And you get to know more about him, and it makes him makes them more human. Yeah. Right. It yeah, makes them more yeah. relatable. So that's why I like to listen to a Clay and, and listen to a Steph. And Steph is just a family man, just like everyone yeah. else. But he's very special in what he does yeah. at a high level. 
and I made a recommendation to uh, my my boss at uh, Sports Center Next, and I said, "Hey, uh, Steph Curry has a camp in August, October. I mean, in in August, and I think we should cover his Under Armour camp." So yeah. I planted that seed to to go to his. I hope his, you're able to do that, his, man. His I think, camp. Yeah, he's he's that was special. Uh, what what? So are you a White Sox or are you a Cubs fan? Right, I got a, here's a true story. Uh, there's a story behind this. So I I cheer for the White Sox right now. So my wife is a Cubs fan. So but here's here's the true story. So I I cheer for the White Sox, but I grew up a Cubs fan. So I grew up a Cubs fan. I loved Andre Dawson, Ryan Sandberg, Mark Grace was my favorite baseball player. So this is why I changed to the South Side in 2001. In 2001, they traded Mark Grace, Mark Grace, down to the Arizona team. And I was, I mean, I, 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 I put up with them trading like Greg Maddox and all these guys. I put up with all of that. And I was like, but then they traded Mark Grace. And he had like one year left in his con. He just, and he wanted to retire a Cub. So I said, the only thing I can do to get back at the Cubs for trading Mark Grace is to cheer for the South Side. <laughs> and so I became a White Sox fan in 2001, which is funny. Mark Grace won a World Series down there at Arizona, I think, that year, in 2001 or 2002. And then the White Sox won in 2005. So I was like, it was perfect timing for me to switch over. But here's this. So, but in 2016, I was super happy. I grew up. I went. I grew up going to Cubs fan games, not White Sox games. But then that's that's yeah. a goal of mine. And Rob and I talked about this last week with uh, the Cubs and and the White Sox. Like I'm I'm getting more in tune um, with baseball because it helps on the business side, right? Yeah. You'll have coworkers who may not follow basketball, right. but you talk to them about baseball. baseball. Yep. Now we get along. Yeah. Now we could talk about projects together, right? <laughs> um, so that's that's a goal of mine is to go to a White Sox games. How how often do you go in person to a, a White Sox a White game? Sox game? So, I, I or do know. you go in general? So, no, I, so not last year for this last summer for some reason I don't know if I went to a White Sox game. Maybe I feel like I went to one. I went to a Cubs game because my wife's a Cubs fan, right. so we had to go to Cubs. Yeah, games. Yeah, had to compromise. So we went. I went to Cubs games. Not a White Sox, like, but a couple years ago, like, this is true. A couple years ago, the White Sox were selling tickets. It was, like, the year before COVID, so it was, like, 2019. Like, you could get, uh, I got, like, it was, like, 20, it was, like, 20 games. I got 20 games for, like, seven bucks a piece. No. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, 20 games for selling, like, so, like, 20, so I, I went ahead of the ticket for, like, 20 games. It was, like, it was less than 10 bucks a piece, the ticket. And they weren't bad tickets. We were, like, at the, we were, like, at our, our seats were... Uh, right out the left field, like right below left field. It wasn't like you weren't even upper. So that was like a 2019 or 2018. Uh, so Favorite beverage to get when you go to a sporting event, when you're just relaxing? When I'm just relaxing. Uh, favorite beverage. See, I drink a lot of water, but if it, if, 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 but I'm just relaxing, you know, it, right. it's, it's Miller time. Miller time. Okay, there we go. I went to uh, – I got the email from Northwestern, and they were like, hey, Dewan. You know, we see you come to the games often. Um, we're selling beer and wine now. So it convinced me to go to the Ohio State game when the yeah. Ohio State came <laughs> to, to Northwestern. And I had a, had a Coors and yeah. had a Coors and a pizza. Oh, and nice. it's the best time when yeah. I, I feel like anybody, I think it's healthy to go to a game when you're not coaching, yeah. you're not filming, but you're just watching as a it's fan. Just a fan. Those, those are great times. And, and, and the Coors just hits different, right? Yeah. Like you're just watching and then you see a spectacular play and – it's great, great atmosphere. That's why yeah. I wanted to know what, yeah. what was your go-to um, yeah. when you're at a live sporting event. Oh, yeah, for sure. Football, um, I assume Bears, or am I right? No, you're right. Bear, Bear. Yeah, Bears, you know, go, go Bears. Like, but you know what, though? I, 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 
this sounds like a Cubs fan statement. It's going to be next year. It's going right. to be all right. Next year, I think next year the Bears are going to be all right. They got the number one pick. Like Fields has showed that he Fields is good. We finally got a quarterback. We got to get our de- defense right. But I think we if we get a get a couple of other receivers, we got to fix our defense a little bit. Uh, we're going to be all right. I think the Bears are going to be all right. Now I got a question for you. Do you yeah. think they, are, are they going to are they going to are they going to move? You know, and then yeah. they, they just got these new plans for the new Soldier Field. Did you have you seen those yet? I I, I have. I yeah. I hope not. It's just a being on Lakeshore Drive, and you yeah. be like, that's that's Soldier Field. It's Soldier Field, right? Right. It, it has so much history yeah. um, to that place. That's my goal for this 23 is to go to uh, a Bears game. Bears, White Sox, and Cubs. Yeah. Um, expanding my horizons outside the game of basketball because it starts so many fresh conversations when you talk about baseball, when you talk about football. Yeah. And I start to love the, the competitive nature of sports. Um because I'm looking at it from more of a business end. Because yeah. it's like, wow, like Justin Fields is just running the ball. Yeah. No, no one can stop him. The White Sox and the Cubs, they pay these baseball players a lucrative amount of money. Astronomical. Money. But I, I just can't sit there for nine innings. <laughs> right? you got to have your cores. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, Rob, what do you think of the – Rob's a huge Bears fan. Um, what do you think of the Bears moving to the Burbs? See, I, there's pros and cons to it, right? Um, one, you know – if they do move to Arlington, there's the rumors of, you know, them building pretty much Bears Town, right? Yeah. You know how they have it in, in Dallas, um, how it's all Jerry's World. You know, you're talking about having these hotels, casinos, shops, restaurants. I mean, it could be beautiful, but like you said, they're moving from Lakeshore Drive. Right. But from the rumors I've seen of the renovations, it's what, it's like $2.2 billion or something like that. Yeah. But the way that it looked, they're taking away seats. And Soldier Field is already the smallest stadium in the league. So how are you going to take away seats? Because there there's a minimum amount of seats a stadium could have to even host a Super Bowl. So say you have, yeah, you have the indoor stadium. We're already around like 67 regular seats, 67,000. And so now you're going to lower. It's going to be around 60. It's not even going to be possible. So I don't understand about taking away seats. I would love for them to stay, but I don't think they are. I hope so. I hope so. But then they even had like like there would be a shuttle for like to get rid of traffic, like a, like a shuttle right. like for bus so to get. So, I mean. It'd be yeah. cool. It'd be nice. Yeah. Sports. Sports is. Uh, I think any person who plays like sports now is a big thing. It's yeah. a big deal, and yeah. it's getting much more expensive. Yeah. Right. I mean, we got to wrap it up. We got eight minutes left, and yeah. you know, I'm in the grassroots business eternally, and you know, whether it's pros, grassroots, there's so much money being generated. Right. Yeah. Like AAU tournaments cost so much money <laughs> as a parent. Ridiculous. Not to mention, like outside of being a parent, um, the kids want highlights. So imagine you spend fifty bucks that weekend. Yep. You come up to me and be like, "Hey, hey, Rico, how much for highlights?" And I'd be like, 200 right?" <laughs> the 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 parent is going to pay because I always compare my prices to grassroots as a pair of retro Jordans. Yeah. Because retro Jordans cost two hundred, yeah. but you're going to benefit more off my highlights than a, yep. getting a pair of kicks. It's it the landscape in general of just sports has, has surged, and and yeah. I hated how when I was playing. How they just dismantled the Big East. Yeah. Uh, when I had the luxury of going to Syracuse and Providence yeah. and like Seton Hall, and it was no Georgetown, Butler, right? Yeah. You had Notre Dame, yeah, Georgetown, um, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, Georgetown was there. Yeah. They they ran this offense. It was like a uh, like a Princeton offense. They'll yeah. I'll dribble like wing, you a cut instead yeah. of getting the handoff, yeah, the handoff back, off, back, off, back door, right and away. then the the guy that's on the corner raises up, okay. and then it's like a wheel action. Yeah. And it killed us every time. <laughs> Oliver Purnell was 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 heated. What's your favorite offense? 
um, Indiana guy. So I'm, I, I, lo- I love, I love, I love motion. You love motion. I love motion. I love motion. Why motion? Because when you can play motion, you can play basketball. That's just playing basketball. You right. know, just reading, reacting. You know, reading, just motion. Five out motion. You know, if you have the post players. You know, I, I love the Kansas high low as well. If if you got two bigs, uh, but just motion, motion offense. You know. You know how to play basketball. Like I mean, you just set, you, you read, you read and react. You know, and I think when you know motion, you, when you can run a good motion, you know basketball. Right. What wows you as a coach? Is it is it most when um, out of a timeout and you draw up a play, or what play just wows you when you enjoy? Like man, I love what I do. Like you know what? I, it's, it's not even the plays, and this is this is cliche. It, it's when I'm seeing a kid just playing hard, like diving for a loose ball, like that, just get like let's go. Yeah. Or like, or, or even when I see when I see a teammate pick up his teammate, like, hey man, we're good. Telling his teammate, hey, we're, we're all right. We, you got this. You know, you know, like that's that's like the growth. Like you, you like as, as as like a parent, you want to see a child like grow. When you see it, when you see a player grow, like that just that's like that that gets me going. Like it just or even like when a kid when a player. Execute something like that they struggled with, like okay, you know, set this good screen, all right, and then we, and then they do it. You tell them to do something, and they and they, they apply it, and they were struggling with it, you know. And th- those are things that wow me, like the working hard, but like the working together, like lifting up a teammate, like that's that that gets me excited. There we go, there we have it. Headman's basketball coach at Trinity Christian College, Coach Hawkins. It's a pleasure finally have you yeah, on the podcast in, in general, and definitely it's been a great conversation. Yeah, um, thank you. You have a game tonight. Yes, we, we go to Holy Cross College out in South Bend. Hey, good luck tonight. Thank you. Um, you know, we're in the heart of a season. In the heart of the season in general, right? Yeah. It's it's becoming spring in two months. Time is moving by fast. And and Coach Hawkins came down to WJOB studio. I wish Jimmy was here to ask you some questions. I know he had a <laughs> lot of more questions to ask yeah. you. But again, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you.